Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Red Sox Bastards of Boston Baseball Hot Stove Edition. I am Terry Cushman, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Charlie Smith. We are going to be discussing the Ryan Brazier pickup uh, for $2.2 million to pitch out of our bullpen again in 2023. We will laugh at the Franchi Cordero non-tender and uh, talk about one or two names kicking around the rumor mill. So we'll be getting into those topics, of course. Expect a little bit of freestyling as well. We love to get off topic and just talk about 2002 sometimes. Uh, <laughs> just being random. But uh, anyway, Charlie, good to have you with me. How yeah, are it's, you? It's, I'm doing good. So for those that... Uh, you know, want to chat me on uh, Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Uh, and for those that want to find us, it's bastards underscore Boston on Twitter for as long as Twitter's around. Uh, could be another day, could be another week, but our, our profile is verified along with one of our very own. Jason, special shout out to you, good sir. Um, just give him a hard time. Uh, but Ryan Brazier, Ryan Brazier made um, $1.4 so he essentially got a 50% increase in pay. Actually, more than that. He's going from 1.4 to 2.2? That's correct. Yeah, actually, uh, it must have been 1.3 million to 2.2 because it was exactly a $900,000 raise. That's incredible. Could you imagine getting that kind of raise? You could retire. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. For and it's, it's amazing considering, you know, how he, he pitched this year. I mean, this is a guy who had an ERA almost six. Sure, we'll give you a 50% increase in pay. I could just imagine on a random work week, me oversleeping three times, getting a speeding ticket in the box truck, and then my boss saying, here's a 40% raise. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. It's, it's remarkable. But here's the thing. The Red Sox right now, we are kind of limited in options because we can't afford to – we can't afford to pay players. We're just not doing it right now. And it's – I really don't want to sound like I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but I'm going to be pretty upset if I don't start hearing some rumor mill names that are sexy. I don't want to be hearing names that we've had the past year, two years – three years, four years, like, oh, we're going to get him to come back. Guess what? We had him already. It didn't work out. Why do you think it's going to work all of a sudden now? In ERA under six, what's the goal this year? ERA under five, under four? Well, this is the sixth season in Boston for Ryan Brazier. He was, I can't remember how he was picked up or added to the roster, but he debuted in 2018 had something like a 1.5 ERA, didn't carry it too well into the uh, postseason, but um, it just it hasn't gone well. And if you look through his baseball reference page, you're going to see that he had a 3.96 ERA in 2020. That was with something like 34 appearances out of the bullpen, so not that many. And then last year, he had a, an ERA of around 1.5, but that was only 
with 12 appearances. He got activated in September because he had a hand injury. Uh, he unfortunately lost his father uh, at some point. I think that took place in spring training. Um, and he just never got activated. So, yeah, he had a he had a 1.50 ERA. When you look at his two full seasons, which was 2019, he had 60-something appearances out of the bullpen, 4.85 ERA, and then this past season had the worst year of his career with a 5.68 ERA, I believe. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. It just seemed like a no-brainer. Don't bring Brazier back. In five seasons, is is he going to be fooling Giancarlo Stanton finally next year in his sixth season? Is he going to be fooling Vladimir Jr.? No. No, I mean... He, he had a little bit of a unique story. Like, this is somebody who came in, he was 25 years old, joined the uh, then Los Angeles Angels, had a decent stint there, and then didn't play in Major League Baseball for five years. He went to go play uh, in the NPB in Japan. Uh, ended up signing a minor league deal, I think with the Athletics at one point, and then ended up coming to spring training, signed a minor league deal with the Red Sox, was elected to the uh, All-Star Game in 2018, and then he just stayed. He's had really only two years of relevance. Other than that, nothing. It's just been bad. So uh, really going to need some some magic here from him because, good God, I don't think I can deal with another year of, of Ryan Bajer doing bad. There was a point last year where uh, Hirokazu Sawamura was DFA'd, basically, and Brazier was pitching so bad. I'm like, man, he's got to be the next guy. When they go to, um, you know, call up someone, he's surely going to be the next guy that gets tossed and. He stayed, and and now he's going to be tendered a contract, like I said. And one of my favorite things is watching the Bluminati on social media have to defend everything that he does. And there were so many of them de- defending Brazier, like, oh, it's just two and a half million. And I'm like, yeah, well... What about the six or seven games he's going to cost you if, you know, when when he gives up that two or three run shot? It's just frustrating. You just, eventually you have to move on from bad players and Brazier is sticking around and it's maddening. It's going to be an eye-opening experience if 2023 is uh, anything remotely close to this year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I said a couple of shows ago, you know, we need like two of everything. And in the bullpen, I mean, you're, 
Whitlock's coming out of it. He's going to start. They're saying that possibly Tanner Houck could be starting uh, this year. Uh, that remains to be seen. I, I, I would be shocked if, if they go through with that, especially with some of the names we already know are going to be here, like James Paxson, Chris Sale. Um, I'm assuming Nick Pavetta will will still be on the roster. So uh, that tells me Houck is probably in the bullpen, but how the hell do you rebuild that? I just... Right. It's just brutal. Right. I apologize. I may be having some some technical difficulties on my end, so I hope hope it's a little bit better now. Uh, still a little bit staticky. <laughs> still a little staticky. I'm sorry. I'm not sure because everything seems to be coming in clear on this end. I'm not sure. Um, this is going to be... You know, this is just one player. This is one. There's still plenty of time for for repairs to be done to the bullpen, repairs to be done to the rotation, bats to be added. But if 2023 is as slow as 2022, there's going to be a lot of really upset fans. Um, I don't want to spend too much more time talking about Brazier because I think if we do, it's it's just going to get sad. Exactly. So let's move on to one guy who did actually get non-tendered. That is Franchi Cordero, who was bad at everything. You know, he's, his strikeout numbers were absolutely terrible. He didn't draw a ton of walks. Every now and then he would mesmerize you with a moonshot that went 440, 450 feet. And that was fun to watch, but he was terrible as a first baseman. He was terrible in the outfield. Franchi Cordero was just a bad baseball player. So, um, again, most of social media celebrated when he was non-tendered. And uh, the Bluminati cried because they they had to be bitter about something Hein Bloom got wrong. And of course, as we were talking before we come on, Franchi part of the Benintendi deal, so was Winkowski, and just another trade in hindsight that Bloom didn't really get the best of. Bloom didn't get the best of Bloom really got nothing. You know, Bloom got Franchi Cordero and he got Josh Winkowski. The Royals got a completely redone Andrew Benintendi who just refound himself, just became an absolute star again. You know, we gave up on him and truthfully so. I thought he needed to get a, a fresh start to go somewhere else. It wasn't happening in Boston. He was hitting, you know, oh, a, a buck. I, I, he, I think he just hit over 100. But at one point, he was hitting like .092 or something like that. It just was not working. And it's not like the strikeouts were that crazy. It's not The home run ball wasn't existent. But he just completely found himself. Then he goes from the Royals to the Yankees. And the Yankees give them uh, Chandler, Champlain, TJ Sakema, and Beck Way, who are their... 9th, 16th, and 26th ranked prospects. 
we got Josh Winkowski, who at the time was the 12th rated prospect, and Franchi Cordero, who's supposed to be a really good hitting ball player, who really is just not that good. Uh, the Red Sox earlier today posted something on Twitter. Again, we don't know how long Twitter will be a thing, but for the meantime, the Red Sox today announced that the club will not tender 2023 contracts to infielders Yu Chang or outfielder first baseman Franchi Cordero. As a result, both players will become free agents. All of the other players will be tendered contracts for 2023. That is the biggest ouch, again, associated to Haim Bloom. We can try to pretend like the Hunter Renfro trade didn't happen either, but that would just be dishonest. So right now we're hanging our laurels on, thank God we got Garrett Whitlock right when he's healthy because that really has been the only one. And, and Michael Walker, if you want to take credit for that, again, when healthy. So you're getting these bargain players when healthy, and you're making a couple of bad trades that haven't hurt us a little bit. They've, they've hurt us a lot. They prevented us from being able to grow or progress in the right direction. Jackie Bradley, we traded for Jackie Bradley and DFA'd him. He's gone. Then he played for Toronto and ended up having a couple of big hits against us. That sucked. You trade away Andrew Benintendi and you get a, a, a pitcher that we definitely shouldn't have been seeing in 2022. And Franchi Cordero, a player who just is not a major leaguer. That's great. You can hit AAA pitching. That's great. Then stay in AAA. You're not going to do anything in Boston. You're like a 4A player. You're good in AAA, but you can't hack the majors. You're in between. You're like that, I hate to say it, you're like Lou Merloni. Lou Merloni was really good in AAA, but when he came to the majors, he just, he didn't have it. And it's not that he was a bad ball player. Lou Merloni, I think, just wasn't at that same level of some of the other players around him. Lou Merloni was playing at the time when we had like Nomar Garcia Parra. That's insane. That's really, really hard shoes to fill. That's really, really hard shoes to fill. So it just wasn't the right spot, right time for him. Because Lou Merloni could have potentially been like a, a Brock Holt-esque player if there was a position or if a Swiss Army Knife player was around back in the day. Franchi Cordero's experiment of an outfield to first baseman was so ugly. That double missed. It missed even more because when they experimented with him playing first base because we didn't trust Bobby Dahlbeck at first base, I'd never seen – it. Terry, you're going to have to remember that day that you and I went to uh, Fenway Park and we saw the Yankees play. Ball went up into the infield, and Kyle Schwarber dropped the ball, and the Yankees got on base. And I looked at you, and you looked at me, and you're like, it's still early. And I was like, Terry, it's 4-0. This is already done. And it was 8-0 before we knew it. The game was done. It was, um, it was Nate Evaldi who had his worst performance against, I think it was Eric Cole for the Yankees that day. And Frenchie Gordo did the same thing. Not once, but twice. You couldn't trust him in the field, and you certainly couldn't trust him at the plate. Ouch. I, I don't know which trade was worse, this one or the Renfro one. You could make a case for both. Well, yeah. I mean, having to relive the Bradley, I, I would say probably the Renfro trade was worse, but... but it's pretty bad. And, I mean, with the Mookie deal, you traded perhaps the most talented player we've ever seen, the most talented five-tool player in the history of this organization. And I didn't see Ted Williams play, 
but he probably couldn't steal bases like Mookie Betts. He probably didn't have the range in the outfield like Mookie Betts. And just in terms of raw talent and the eye test, Mookie was probably one of the most talented players, if not the most talented player this organization has ever seen. And that whole trade was, what, 30 or 40 cents on the dollar? You got Verdugo, which was nice. And he was a guy that I kind of wanted. And um, But after that, it drops off. Maybe maybe 2023, you salvage the Connor Wong aspect of it. I don't know. Um, but his trades have not been great. And as far as Franchi goes, I, I, we can't be shocked because when you look at what you have now, you got Tristan Casas probably going to be seeing the bulk of the time in 2023. Yeah. At the moment, Eric Hosmer is still on the roster. I'm skeptical on whether we keep him or not because, you know, it's Casas is a lefty too. It's not something you can really platoon. We've got a lot of lefties at other positions, but, but at the moment, you do have, um, you do still have Eric Hosmer, and if the sky falls, you still have Bobby Dahlbeck. So somebody had to go. It ended up being Franchi, and uh, I'm not going to miss him. I, I don't have any ill will. I, I hope he crushes it somewhere else. Maybe he goes to Japan or something and and uh, becomes a hero over there. But uh, I... Uh, I'm glad that uh, chapter is over as far as the Red Sox go. So if we're going to talk about Bobby Dalbeck, this guy is falling. This guy is this guy has already fallen. It's it's that bad. So you want to revisit those trades? You've given away Andrew Benintendi for literally nothing. Josh Winkowski did not get it done this year. Was not was not ready. Was not major league ready. And truth be told, partially not his fault. He never should have been up here. And he somehow managed to go five and seven with an ERA just under six. But this is a guy who wasn't even striking out one inning. I think his K nine was probably like six or something like that. Five point six. He just he didn't strike anyone out. He wasn't intimidating. He wasn't scary. And uh, for those that actually want to recall uh, his very first major league appearance, not pretty, not great. His second one was decent and did fine for a little bit, but then. I mean, towards the end, he was just getting shelled, and not by good teams, by bad teams. You got, you traded away Andrew Benintendi, you got Franchi and Winkowski. Franchi's now gone. Winkowski, we don't know what's going to happen. You trade away Hunter Renfro, you got Jackie Bradley and a couple of prospects, which we still haven't seen anything from. Jackie Bradley got DFA'd. You traded away Mookie Betts, as you mentioned, probably the best baseball player we've ever seen as far as athletic ability. Because if you, do I want to say he's the best player? I don't know. You know, David Ortiz is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good in my time. Seeing him come to Boston for literally nothing was insane. But as far as Mookie Betts and his athletic ability and, and prowess for just, I think, natural inclination to adjust to any spot you put him in, I don't think... Mookie Betts would struggle in any position. If you're like, Mookie, we probably need you to play short. He'd probably figure out a way to play a really good shortstop. That's how good of a player he was. He could play right field. He could play center. He could play left. He could play second. He could probably play short. I wouldn't be surprised if he could play third, too. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'd want to see him at first base because he's not that tall. 
I think he's like six foot, maybe six one. But you basically traded Buki Betts away for Alex Verdugo because I'm not completely convinced that Jeter Downs or Connor Wong are major league players. And I know it's still early, but Jeter Downs, 23, 24, Connor Wong is like 26. And Connor Wong in two major league years as far as playing time in 27 career games has nine, excuse me, 13 career hits and is hitting 213. What are we really expecting from him and Jeter Downs in 2023 or 2024? Because I'm not really convinced that they're going to be anything more than maybe bench players. They're not going to be starters. You're not going to start either one. And Alex Verdugo, to, to, there will always be an unfair pressure on Alex Verdugo. And I feel bad because he's always giving it his all. He's had a couple of injuries, which it happens. But he's done everything he possibly can to be as positive and as, you know, work as hard as he possibly can to be uh, positive with the knowledge that he was the guy that the Red Sox got back from Mookie Betts. There's always going to be an unfair pressure there. And he's done okay. He has hit 300 one time. He's hit almost 300 a couple other times. But this is a guy who has 30 career home runs in three seasons at Boston. He's averaging 10 homers and 50 RBIs while hitting 288, averaging about four stolen bases, call it 38 walks, about 75 strikeouts a season. Not the crazy thing. I will say that much about Verdugo. Verdugo doesn't strike out that much. When he strikes out like once in 12 or 13 at-bats, you're like, wow, pitcher actually got him. Like, that's crazy. If he strikes out twice in a series or twice in one game, a little interesting. We have not had the same level of success with trades that have gone our way as they have, you know, as did the trades that have gone against us. You don't get credit for, for adding a player from Rule 5. You're not going to get credit for an addition in free agency. We didn't trade to get... Whitlock, we didn't trade to get Michael Waka. What was the last trade the Red Sox made that worked out remotely close to any of those three? What was the last trade where we snuffed a team? Are you talking about during Bloom or before? During Bloom. <sighs> yeah, I mean, arguably one of your better trades was the, and it wasn't great, but it was the Nick Pavetta for for Brandon Workman trade. <laughs> so you could say that, or, uh, you know, what was the, what was the trade when we traded away, um, Mitch Moreland? What was the package for that? That was, I can't remember. yeah, no, neither guy is going to pan out. And I think one of them's already been taken off the 40 man. Um, they were, one was a corner, infielder and i think the other was a corner outfielder pots hudson pots was one of them and then i forget yeah. who the second one was yeah jason rosario and hudson pots okay. so yeah so glad you were on it well done well played sir um in 2002 rosario didn't really do that great double a's 22 hit 243 I'm curious to see what will happen. He had 11 homers, 39 RBIs, and 104 games. And then Hudson Potts in 2022 hit 230 with 14 bombs in double A, and he's 23 years old. So it, it remains to be determined what's going to happen with those two. I really do want to be positive, but we haven't snuffed the team. And I thought you were going to say Pavetta for Workman. I really did. Because outside of that, it was a, you know, yeah, High and Bloom is just trying to find bargains. That's 
all he's really doing. As, as much as we want to say he's a brilliant GM, I haven't seen anything to, to dictate that that's an actual fact. You still have not re-signed Rafi Devers. You've still not gotten any ground covered with Xander Bogarts. You still have not done two of the major things you said you were going to do. There were rumors and speculations that the Red Sox were, you know, really, really close to getting Rafael Devers. No, we weren't. Where is that? Oh, there was rumors that there was a chance that we were going to get Xander Bogarts. Did I miss something? Where's that? We, we've gotten basically tooled on by three tra- with three trades. We haven't signed our two best players in the uh, in, in offensive categories here. And we've signed Michael Waka, Trevor Story, and added Whitlock from Rule 5. If that qualifies you as being a good GM, then there are 28 other GMs that have done great. <laughs> and one that has done absolutely phenomenal, like GM of the century. And that is the GM for the Atlanta Braves. And it's not even close. So High and Bloom needs to... I think reassess the way that he does work because what he's been doing hasn't worked. And Terry, you posted something and I don't want to steal your thunder, but I want you to mention your tweet that you, uh, that you said that you had earlier that I, I, I retweeted it and I said, just let this sink in. But what was that tweet? This coming September. So 2023, at that point, Hein Bloom's tenure will have lasted longer than Dave Dombrowski's, which was right around that time, but still Bloom would have been here longer. And he would have lasted uh, roughly a half a season longer than Ben Sherrington's uh, tenure ended up being. So for perspective here, you had Sherrington and Dombrowski not only winning a World Series, but winning divisions. And Heim Bloom hasn't even won a division. And people love to cop out to the, oh, two games from the World Series, but we were a trash team in the second half. We got hot for a week and a half in October, and that's how you got two games from the World Series. His two biggest pitching acquisitions that winter coming into the 2021 season, Martin Perez and Garrett Richards, were essentially useless by the time the playoffs started. One was hurt and the other was in the bullpen because there was nothing we could do with him. So I'm not giving Bloom a ton of credit for that, but it's been dismal. His, His resume as the top executive of the Boston Red Sox is very dismal to Dombrowski and Sherrington. And... He hasn't won many trades as we have hammered away on, uh, you know, throughout this episode. His free agent signings haven't been great. I mean, the Waka one worked out, but we finished last anyway. Uh, Kike has worked out okay. He was part of the injury fest that we did have uh, in 2022, but... Um, just not, not a lot. And here's the thing. I mean, we're retaining the bad players and trading away the good ones, you know, like Renfro and, uh, possibly not retaining Xander. 
I just, it's, I, you just scratch your head. You just scratch your head. And it's crazy that people out there will defend this guy. It's just absolute insanity that people think Heimbloom is a good, a good GM or whatever you want to call him. Chief baseball officer is technically his title. And another cop out too that I, I'll hear about is that the farm system is like right around top 10. And I'm like, we've had top two or three farm systems under those other GMs. <laughs> so I don't, it doesn't, that doesn't impress me. Let's build a roster and win games. Let's be smart. Let's do a better job at identifying talent. I'm all good, you know, for guys that are good value, but not not if it means reclamation projects. Well, let's talk about one. He was on the docket anyway. Corey Kluber. Red Sox are interested in Kluber again. It happens every winter. We're always interested in Kluber. Well, Kluber, hit, uh, excuse me, had a 4.34 ERA with the Tampa Bay Rays. So a little bit discouraging. And I know I said the same exact thing about Waka. You know, if Tampa can't fix you, why would Boston? Waka ended up being the outlier. The only nice thing about Kluber is he did pitch 164 innings and he didn't walk a ton of guys. But he got slapped a lot. Uh, in September against the Yankees, September 10th, he gave up uh, six earned runs. Month before that against Baltimore, he got tuned up for seven uh, earned runs. And there were tons of outings from Kluber where he, you know, he gave up four or more runs. I, this is not a guy that's going to go in there and, and be a cornerstone. You know, this is a guy who's going to lose you baseball games. And he'll be 37 years old on April 10th, so just after opening day. And Bloom loves these old guys. We just had 42-year-old Rich Hill. He was interested in Charlie Morton. Not that I would have hated that deal, but Morton was probably 38-39 when he made a run at him, I think coming into the 2021 season. That didn't work. Now you have... You've got uh, Kluber, who, again, turns 37 in April. James Paxton uh, will be 35 soon. So maybe Heim Bloom has an old guy fetish. Maybe that's like a fetish for him. So Whatever the fetish is, it's, uh, it's not winning because that'd be uh, too much fun. Uh, Corey Kluber, it's not the first time he's been tied to Boston. He's a longtime Cleveland, then Indian, now Guardian. I don't think he he actually never pitched for the Guardians. He was only a Cleveland Indian when he was there until 2019, and then kind of floated around. 2020, only pitched a game. 2021, pitched for the Yankees, got injured. That was that. 2022, pitched for the Tampa Bay Rays. Did put up a quality season at age 36, but... Why are we going for these players that are 36, 37, 43? All these other teams are going for, hmm, you know, 24, 25, 26-year-old guys, 10 years younger than the Red Sox. We're, we're, again, 
we're, we're getting these players that are way past their prime. Paxton is going to be 33, 34, 33. Hold on, let me think. 34 now? I think 34 because he should have been 33 this year. This guy has never pitched a full season. His best season in his career was for the Yankees three years ago. Since then, since the end of 2019, he is one and one in three seasons. In 2020, one and one record. 2021, didn't have a record. He's pitched six times in three years. We're going to expect him to pitch a full season? We're going to expect we're going to expect Coy Kluber to do that too. I, I'm sorry. This is this is not acceptable. This is not the names that I expect to be in like the same sentence as the Boston Red Sox if we're supposed to be taking our future seriously for 2023. For anybody that says, "Oh yeah, playoff contenders with Corey Kluber and James Paxton." Oh yeah, add Nick Pavetta, Chris Sale. You've added four players that are injured and or broken and or can fall apart at any point in time. This is a circus. It's a, it's a last place team again is what it is. And Kluber hasn't been great since uh, 2018. He did have a 3.83 ERA in 2021, but only pitched 80 innings. If he pitched double that, you're probably looking at a much worse figure there. So basically Corey Kluber is essentially going to be rich Hill. That's your, that's your rich Hill signing basically. And the thing that frustrates me and I, I've said it recently and I'll probably say it again all winter. The mindset for 2023 appears to be no different than it was in 2021. We kept hearing that 2023, well, that's that's when all the money comes off the books. That's when we're going to start loading up and, and building this great roster. And it's it's dismal. Like, you, you just broke it down a minute ago with what we should expect out of it. And it's frustrating. I, uh, that's all I can say. It's frustrating. If there was, I think a major signing, like everyone says, guys, guys, it's November 20th. It's November 19th. You know, none of the big moves really happen until December. You think about that. And I was like, yeah, your big moves were adding Michael Waka, adding Rich Hill. That sadly is what Red Sox fans have to expect for big, big moves. Except for getting Trevor Story six minutes before the season started, who was not ready, was not prepared, and borderline fell apart. So we have, um, well, borderline fell apart, came back, and then fell apart again. So is it fair to say that Red Sox fans have a reason to be wary of 2023? Is it fair for Red Sox fans to say, why haven't we added big names yet? Because I think it totally is. I think it's a justified bit of anger for Red Sox fans. I think we have every reason to say what in the actual beep is going on. I did a poll, and I think this was a couple weeks ago because it was the 
same day we found out we were going to be getting Paxton. Here it is. Uh, this was on November 12th, so just over a week ago. And I asked Red Sox fans, I said, in the last 72 hours, how do you feel about 2023? And the only two answers you could have is more comfortable or less comfortable. 83% who took that poll, just under 1,000 votes, uh, said they were less comfortable. 83%. Only 17% of Red Sox fans are more comfortable. And that's that's the Bluminati. That's that's who that 17% is. So it's perfectly fair to question how good we're going to be next year. And it's perfectly fair to question what the mindset is in the front office. And it could be just an absolute shit show. And I just wonder like how, how soon I, I don't think I've ever seen a GM get fired before July 1st. It's usually around the uh, trade deadline is when they get fired. Uh, in Sherrington's case, it was uh, just a few days after. Uh, Dombrowski lasted, I think, until like late August. Uh, and then he got the axe. So the we're going to keep hearing the propaganda from the front office and the excuses and, and all that. The one guy who could get canned uh, pretty early is Alex Cora. You know, because the manager always ends up being the scapegoat. And we did see some early firings this past season, most notably uh, Joe Girardi, which worked out. They went on a run <laughs> after that. And they, uh, what were they, two wins away, I think, from winning it all. So, yeah. Hang on. Let me throw this into the universe. If Cora gets canned, who becomes the interim manager? Now, we don't have a bench coach at the moment because Will Venable just left for Texas. Right. But you got the game planning coordinator, whose name happens to be Jason Veritek. Here we go. Veritek becomes the interim manager, manages throughout the, the rest of the season. That could line him up to become the permanent manager. <laughs> that could happen. And it didn't make much sense a year or two ago that Bloom would necessarily go with, with Veritek because the last thing you want to do is have a manager that's more popular than you. That's not good when you're the when you're the GM. So he would have to do that. That would essentially be the case with Veritek, but maybe Bloom sees that as a way of maybe winning over some of the fans. Like, see, look what I just did. I just made one of your more popular players of all time the manager. So I just think there's a scenario in which it could happen. If that ends up being the case, I think it's going to be fool's gold. I think it's going to be a soft attempt to try to deflect from the fact that you didn't sign Devers, you didn't sign Xander, you 
signed players like Corey Kluber. Paxson came back for four million. You're going to try to deflect from the fact that your trades haven't worked out. Players may not be healthy. Chris Sale opted in for $55 million for the last two years. You still haven't signed anybody. It's not going to be enough. And here's the thing. People don't forget. Your tweet was so valid. It's so accurate. <laughs> you've been here for a long time, and you've never brought us past the ALCS. And the year that we did go to the ALCS, here's the thing, folks. We shouldn't have been there. We never should have gotten there that year. It was never supposed to happen in 2021. It was awesome to be winning that game until the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes before Evaldi got squeezed for a pitch and then the next one went to right field and Cora decided to bring in Martin Perez. You can only blame Cora so much because he didn't have the right tools to play with. That's like putting a child in a sandbox with no toys and say, have fun, good luck. <laughs> And that's kind of what's happening. So if you don't bring in better toys, it's kind of hard. It's like you look over and you see the Dodger sandbox, and they have really cool toys. They have really cool things in there. You see the, the Yankees in there, they've got, some, they got one good toy, maybe a second good toy. We have hand-me-down toys, and they're, they've got holes in them. It's not fun. So we need to, we need to retool. We we need something more than just getting Jason Veritek here. Here's, here's the thing. As you put that into the universe, you could say, oh, we did this and we did that. And I got Jason Veritek to be here. You still have to get Jason Veritek to buy in. And I don't think Jason Veritek's going to buy in with this team right now because he knows, as any other manager knows, you accept a job knowing one day you will get fired. And I don't think Alex Cora, you know, when he does end up getting the boot, will think too badly about it because people won a World Series here. And that's that. Jason Veritek with the team right now will never come close to a World Series. It's not going to happen. He'll be gone in less than three years. Well, I still think Bloom is going to get fired regardless. If if Cora gets fired, that means you got off to a terrible start. Probably one that won't be recoverable. And, you know, Veritek is just going to be, you know... Uh, just a, a brief distraction, and but I think it's one where where he certainly can, uh, you know, finally be a manager. And, and why no other teams are calling about him is is crazy to me. But it, you know, is what it is, and I'm just hoping. Number one, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping some really good stuff happens as, as far as adding to the roster, and I'm I'm hoping that we'll finally be relevant again. You know, from April through September, and but it's just it's a tough sell. This is a fan base that has seen four championships. Like I've said, we know what a championship team looks like, and. We know what a mediocre team looks like, and we've gotten a ton of mediocrity, and, and maybe maybe that might be generous for a couple of these seasons. So It's so hard. Like, I hate to be so negative. It's just, it's so, it, it's tough. It, pe people can say what they want about us. Like, oh, they just hate the Red Sox, or they're always negative, and 
Bring me some positive then. Give me a reason to be positive. I, I want to love this team right now. I want to have faith that this team can grind and get it done. You're not going to get it done with what you have. I just want you to be real. And that's, that's the thing is we are real. We are honest. You can call us real bastards, whatever. But here's the thing. We're the only ones with the guts to say it. We're not like, oh, yeah, there's a chance we could sweep. Really? So we, we just need a little bit more. We need to get the help. And if it, if it doesn't happen, we won't go far. So if, if we have the tools, if we have the players to, to do the things that we need, it'll happen. It'll happen as it should. But it's not going to happen if we don't make the right decisions and we don't make some smart decisions. Because unfortunately, while we can say, hey, we took a chance, it didn't work out, it is what it is, okay. But we've made way too many moves that just haven't worked out. We're making these moves, again, to just get prospects. But the problem is these prospects are taking too long. And the fact of the matter is, not every prospect hits. Unfortunately, all the, pros all the prospects that we've had via trade, I think out of the last, I don't know, 10 or 11, maybe one's been decent. The others have been uh, maybe another year. And then another year goes by. Uh, maybe it needs another year. And then two years go by. And by then, it's like, oh, wow. After fifth year, he's actually going to be turning 30 next year. <laughs> it, it, you know, that's what's happening. And, you know, the Padres had one guy, he, they had a reliever who is 30 years old. He was a rookie and he ended up, he ended up doing great and, and more power to him. Good for him. But we haven't been lucky. We haven't been scouting players well. And maybe that's something that needs to be evaluated. We, we might need new scouts because we're just not getting the right players. I think there's a good chance our pitching program might not be good under Dave Bush. I've I raised concerns about that at the end of the season. 2020, your your rotation was was middle top 20, so is your bullpen, and then it was the same thing around in, in 2022. Just absolutely terrible. So, but they ended up keeping Bush and uh they're going to have faith in in their program and but there's just uh I don't know. I I you, the theme for me is I'm I'm just at a loss for words this episode and is what it is, but uh I guess we will probably just wrap on that and um we'll probably be back middle of the week if any other developments happen if any other big major league developments like for instance an Aaron Judge signing that won't happen but if it were or just something maybe perhaps a Verlander signing uh we could come on and cover that as well as any other uh Red Sox stuff that arises as well so everyone have a good start to your work week take care <laughs>